You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. I'm going to say it again. All that it takes for revival is a spark and a speech. So share about Jesus. Invite someone to church. Give them an invite card. Do something. That's what the believers in Antioch did. They heard it work for Peter. God opened the door to the Gentiles. Let's share and see what happens. Guys, when they did, they saw God forgive, save, and transform their Gentile neighbors. Have you ever thought of sharing the gospel only to find it too intimidating to even try? Well, you wouldn't be the first. In today's message, Pastor Dion speaks about the Apostle Paul sharing the gospel with the Gentiles and how his God-given ability to do so inspired the people of Antioch to do the same. God allowed his messengers to do incredible things, even when they doubted him. Moses doubted his deliverance. Abraham doubted his wife. Mary doubted her pregnancy. If God is with you, why do you doubt him? Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 11 as he continues his message, Live Like Jesus. Don't put God in a box he doesn't fit. So Peter stood there and told them, hey, listen, guys, this is what God did. It was mind-blowing. He gave them exactly what he gave us Jews. He gave them salvation and the Holy Spirit. So here's the bottom line. You can't put God in a box. Look at your neighbor and tell him that. You can't put God in a box. Don't put him in a box. Did you know that there are many Bible characters who are a lot like us? Control freaks that try to tell God what he can and cannot do. Try to tell him who he can and whom he cannot save. You know, like they know better. You know, because sometimes you have the tendency of doing that. Oh, no, they're too far gone. Oh, no, just, you know, why even bother? Right? Oh, you know, they're too hard-hearted. Oh, no, God, God could, I mean, God might be able to do this, but not that. There are people like that, and a lot of them in the Bible. Abraham told God that his 90-year-old wife was too old to conceive a child. I, I, you know, God, I, I thank you and everything, but Moses told God that Pharaoh wouldn't let his people go. I know you want me to go over there and say, let my people go and everything, but he's just not going to do it. Ten spies told God there was no way that they could conquer the promised land. Gideon told God 300 men was too few to win a war against an innumerable army. Jonah told God that the Assyrians of Nineveh, they were beyond salvation. Uh, you know, just they're at the point of no return. God, let, don't let it die. The Virgin Mary told God that it's impossible to get pregnant without a man. The disciples told God that a little boy's lunch will not feed 5,000 people. The Jewish believers here in our story told God salvation is only for the Jews. But God proved to all of them that He won't be leashed or limited. 
In fact, listen to how God explained it to the Old Testament prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 55. God said, This plan of mine is not what you would work out, neither my thoughts the same as yours. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than yours. Oh yeah, so we might, uh, God, we might have an opinion, we might want to chime in and tell God what we think, but God says, hey, my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Isn't that awesome? God doesn't fit in a box. Say it out loud again. God doesn't fit in a box. God is bigger and higher than religion, tradition. God is higher and bigger than politics or philosophy. God is bigger and higher than all of those things. And this might be an eye-opener for some of you, but God is neither Jew nor Gentile. He is neither Catholic nor Protestant. He is neither Republican or Democrat. God is neither, you know, for the Milwaukee Bucks or the Golden State Warriors, all right? God is about His business. He chooses His own agenda. He maps out His own plan. He, you know, He writes His own narrative. He doesn't need permission or approval from anyone. In fact, Psalm 115.3 says this. Read it with me. God rules from the heavens and does whatever He wants. But wait a minute. And He wanted to save Gentiles. He wanted them in His family. Look at your neighbor and smile. Yeah, give him a profile pic, would you? Because that's what God was after. Your profile pic in His family. Now, the open door to the Gentiles stunned the believers in Jerusalem. But... It stoked some believers that were living in Antioch. Let's read the passage. When the people in Jerusalem heard these things about what God was doing with the Gentiles, they became, everybody say the word, they got shocked, stunned, and they glorified God saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Now, those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who when they had come to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and great number believed and turned to the Lord. So here's what happens. Peter tells them in Jerusalem what has happened, and they're a little stunned. They got the message, but they're stunned. All right? And they're a little silent. Okay, well, I guess God is going to include the Gentiles. But back in Antioch, guys, was the third largest city in the Roman Empire with a population of over 600,000 people. Over a half a million people lived in this place, Antioch. Now, during the persecution that was taking place in Jerusalem, Many Jewish believers moved into Antioch. They were trying to, you know, hopefully hide within this metropolitan area and no one would be able to find them there. And so what they did is these, these believers moved from Jerusalem over into Antioch and they huddled together and again it said they only shared their faith with other Jews. But when they heard about Peter in Caesarea, 
and how God opened a door to the Gentiles, they were, this word, everybody said out loud, they were inspired because they're in a whole city of Gentiles. Back in Jerusalem, they're all Jews. Very few Gentiles. And so when the people in Jerusalem heard what Peter said, well, they said, oh, okay, well, I guess God's going to include the Gentiles. No biggie. But to these other guys who were in Antioch, a Gentile city, they heard God's opening the door to Gentiles. Oh, boy. Look at your neighbor and say, oh, boy. They were inspired. They began sharing the good news about Jesus with Gentiles in their city. Up to now, they were just sharing it with Jews, and there weren't that many of them, and most of them were already Christian, hiding from the persecution in Jerusalem. So now they've got a new audience, and so they're excited. So they start sharing with their Gentile neighbors about Jesus Christ. And just like in Caesarea, God took over. Say it out loud. God took... It said many of the Gentiles turned to the Lord. Isn't that exciting, guys? That was a good place for a cheer and you missed it. Listen, sometimes people stand by waiting, praying, and hoping that God would do for them what he did for someone else. Have you met people like that? You know, you know somebody like that? That's kind of like, you know, what's going on? In Jerusalem, they thought, well, God did it for Peter and that's good. In Antioch, Hey, they weren't like that. See, when you meet people that are waiting, praying, and hoping that God would do for them what He did for someone else, or if you're that person, listen, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. In other words, you got to do what they did. you got to move. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to move. You hear about someone sharing the gospel with coworkers, friends, a spouse, and you think, and then they, and they, they came to the Lord, and you're like, I want that for me. I want my spouse to know the Lord. I want my parents to know the Lord. I want, I, well, guess what you got to do? If you want to walk on water, you got to what? You got to do what they did. What did they do? They shared. See, all that it takes for revival is a spark and a speech. I'm going to say it again. All that it takes for revival is a spark and a speech. So share about Jesus. Invite someone to church. Give them an invite card. Do something. That's what the believers in Antioch did. They heard it work for Peter. God opened the door to the Gentiles. Let's share and see what happens. And guys, when they did, they saw God forgive, save, and transform their Gentile neighbors. It was surreal. Now, the noise of the the salvations in Antioch, all these people who were coming to Jesus in Antioch, the noise of that reached the ears of the apostles in Jerusalem. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. But instead of being stoked, these Jerusalem apostles, instead of being stoked, they were suspicious. You know, they had accepted Peter's story about preaching to the gospel to Gentiles, and they responded because Peter was an apostle. But these guys are like, you know, they're not even the C-squad, these guys here in Antioch. So, the apostles in Jerusalem sent Barnabas to investigate the revival that's taking place in Antioch. Let's read it in verse 22. 
the news of these things that were happening in Antioch came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad, and everybody read this part out loud with me, and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Alright, so the Jerusalem church hears about what's happening in Antioch because they're just, hey, they're following Peter's lead, talking to their Gentile neighbors. The Gentiles are being saved. This is exciting. The Jerusalem guys say, well, we're going to send somebody to go check it out and see if it's really a genuine. And so they send a guy by the name of Barnabas. This isn't the first time we hear of Barnabas. According to chapter 4, Barnabas' real name was Joseph, but everyone called him Barnabas. Barnabas means, that name means, son of encouragement. So, hey, listen, if they decide to change your name to something else, more about who you are, you're the son of encouragement, man. You're like wind beneath my sails. You are like a breath of fresh air, all right? That was Barnabas. Encouragement was in his DNA. Listen, guys, there are people every church needs. Generous givers, faithful volunteers, encouraging leaders, and inspiring models. And Barnabas was all four of those. Pretty cool. So he ends up going to Antioch. This guy who is all four of those things didn't keep his method of being a great Christian a secret. In fact, Barnabas taught it to all the new believers in Antioch. He said there that he encouraged them with to have purpose of heart. Say it out loud to what? Have purpose of heart. So listen, guys. If you are a Christian, new Christian, been a Christian for a little while, been a Christian for a long while, this are the two things that will help us become more like Christ, more like Jesus. First of all, he says, to have purpose of heart. In other words, be intentional or have a goal. Some people think that spiritual growth happens like physical growth, just naturally, right? Because naturally, you just, you just grow. You have a baby and it just keeps growing. It keeps advancing. It happens naturally. But spiritual growth doesn't happen like that. Spiritual growth is a little bit different. Spiritual growth is the result of, and everybody said out loud, focus or purpose of heart. you got to have focus. You have to have an ambition, a target, a goal. To be a great Christian, to, you, know, you have to have a target, a goal, purpose of heart. Well, Barnabas' goal was to be like Jesus. And he encouraged every new believer to fix their eyes on Jesus. Did you know that we've been told, we've been encouraged, instructed to do the same? To keep our eyes on Jesus? Here's two verses. Read them with me. Run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. 
How do we stay in the race? How do we continue to be gold medal Christians? There it is. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And then there's Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. Read it with me. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered Himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Alright, so, things are happening in Antioch amongst the Gentile Christians. Barnabas, the son of encouragement, shows up and he says, listen, to continue to be a gold medal Christian, you got to one, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You have to focus. You have to have a goal, a target, and Jesus is it. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is my goal. Jesus is my ambition. He says, so fix your eyes on Jesus and let Jesus' life, Jesus' heart, Jesus' love, let Jesus' faithfulness, Jesus' attitude, let Jesus' actions be your goal. And continue with the Lord. What that means is this. Everybody say the words. Practice, practice. So, here's the the secret. Focus on Jesus. He should be your goal, your target, who you are going to model yourself after. And then, he said what? Practice. It's so important you have to say it three times. Practice. Everybody, practice, practice, practice. Practice will make you better. I'm going to say it again. Practice will make you better. So forgive an offense. Control your anger. Give a kind word. Help someone indeed. Be patient. Be humble. Be nice. Look at your neighbor and tell them, be nice. I know you suck at it, but be those things. Do it again and again until you get good at it. Forgive. Listen, you are going to be barraged with offenses. Somebody is going to hurt you today, I promise. And probably the person sitting next to you. Forgive and do it again. How many times should I forgive them? 490 times in a day, Jesus said. Practice, practice, practice. Today you are going to be tempted to be impatient. I promise some of you are already tempted to look at your watch. I know. Everybody said, practice, practice, practice. Some of you are going to be tempted to lose your cool. You know, just getting out of the parking lot. My God, these people. Huh? Everybody say it. Practice, practice, practice. That was Barnabas' secret. Focus on the Lord. Let Him be your goal. And practice, practice, practice. Do it again and again until you get good at it. In fact, here's an old poem that we should all memorize. It says, good, better, best, Don't ever rest until your good becomes better and your better becomes best. I like it. So Barnabas encouraged every new believer in Antioch to focus on Jesus and practice, practice, practice. And it wasn't long before the unbelievers around them in Antioch started calling them Christians. Everybody say the word what? Christian or like 
Christ. Let's read the last verse of where we're at today. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus. He was there at the church for a while teaching them those things. But as the church grew bigger, he needed help. So then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people those two things. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So here, Barnabas tells these guys, your goal, your ambition, your model, you, it should be Jesus, focus on him. Have a heart like his. Have an attitude like his. Have a lifestyle like his. Follow it. Stay focused and practice, practice, practice. And within a year, everybody say a year. Within a year, the whole city around them started calling them like Christ. Christians like Christ. The believers in Antioch followed and mimicked Jesus. The world around them identified them as Christ-like. That's our goal. That's our ambition. That's why we're here. And here's the last verse of the morning. Ephesians chapter 4. You can, your patience has come to a final. Ephesians 4, verse 23. Now your attitudes and thoughts must all be continually changing for the better. Yes, you must be like a new and different person Holy and good. Live like Jesus. There it is. Did you learn something? It makes a whole lot of difference when we call ourselves Christian, Christ-like, and somebody else from the outside calls us Christ-like. So make it your ambition. Focus on Jesus Christ. Practice, practice, practice. And guess what's going to happen? You will be like Christ. The name we claim will be the person we really are. Let's all stand. <laughs> Father, we thank You for this time in Your Word, helping us to understand what we should be, how we should be. I pray, Father, that we've grabbed a hold of it, that we've grasped it, that it's seeped into our minds and our hearts, and Lord, it's exploded. I pray that it's exploded with life, with inspiration, with motivation to act and apply on Your Word. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen and Amen. Well, did you, did you really learn something? The church. The Lord bless you, and the Lord keep you. The Lord make His face to smile on you this week and be gracious to you and give you peace. May the beauty of the Lord be upon you, and may He establish all the works of your hands. And today, may you pass with flying colors as you practice. We're so glad that you joined us today for The Simple Truth, a ministry of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Pastor Dion Cordova has been sharing from the book of Acts, a book that gives us an insider's peek into the first 30 years of the church. From persecution to miracles, this book truly has it all. 
What an inspiring narrative, watching how disciples like Peter go from denying Jesus to losing his life for Jesus. Luke, the writer of Acts, gives us a perspective that emphasizes life change. He writes, And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. Jesus didn't just come to change the system. He came to change people. If what you heard today has impacted you, we would love to hear about it and pray for you too. You're more than welcome to give us a call at 505-753-4363. Again, 505-753-4363. We'd like to encourage you to get involved in a local church as well. This will be a place that you can ask questions, learn more about Jesus, and find support as you grow in your faith. Are you in the Española area? If so, we would love for you to come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. We meet on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. You can find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. That's tmcalvary.com. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join us again next time for more from the book of Acts right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.